Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. We trying to behave ourselves on the story, but y'all know what we thinking right now. <laughs> I'm ready for the night. I got a little extra energy. I don't know what might come out of my mouth tonight. As you can hear, tell them to sit their bad asses down so we're grown folks in here talking. <laughs> T-G-I-M. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Claudia Jordan. It's Wednesday, and I'm back with another episode of TGIF with two of the most fabulous men in the entertainment industry. Now, we're spilling the tea and breaking down the biggest headlines in the news and on social media. So sit back, relax, get you something to drink. So I think everyone's back off the wagon and back onto the drinking tonight. Get ready for this hot tea. Please welcome Al Reynolds and Funky Dineva. Hey, y'all. Y'all miss me. Of course we did. How could we not? <laughs> Baby, let me tell y'all something. And I know this show is about high topics. If y'all got a little bit of extra coins, y'all got to get down to the Venetian and see Anita Baker. She sounded better this weekend than she did in the 80s when she came out. I made it a point to put at least about a minute and 30 second snippet of all her popular songs on my Instagram. Mama looks good. She sound good. I promise you it is worth the money. Anita Baker people, Anita Baker people, they did the damn thing. And shout out to the Funky Bunch who came out. We had an amazing time singing to Anita, pool partying down. We probably all got COVID at this point for the fifth time. Oh, Lord. We had a great time at the concert. Shouts out to the Venetian. Y'all go see Anita Baker. And she also announced when she finished her residency, that she's going to be doing a 15-city tour or whatever. So y'all check her out. Okay. It looked like you had a good time. I saw the clips online. I I caught as much as I could in your story. Mm -hmm. How was it meeting the fans, meeting some of your funky bunch? Oh, it was really good. Everybody was cool. Everybody was on the same level. Everybody had their money. Everybody liked the drink. Uh, It was a lot of networking going on. We all hugged on each other, loved on each other. It was intimate. We had about 25 people come. I liked it like that because I was able to get FaceTime with everybody and hug on everybody and hear their personal stories and change phone numbers. So it was a great it was a great one. And um, we're actually getting ready to do another one in about three months in Miami. We're going to do a yacht party. Um, oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. So hopefully I can get you and Al in on that one. Listen, I'm not turning down no boats. OK, okay. No I'm, boats. All about a good, I'm all about a good boat with some sun. Um, I'm seeing the comments of lots of the funky bunches uh, is in the building. Uh, Daryl Bitchy says, I'm so sad I couldn't meet you in Vegas. I, I guess maybe they're talking to me and Al. Um, Al, where, where were you this weekend? Did you do anything this weekend? Uh, nope. I was here in D.C. Okay. Uh, I stayed local. I caught up on some rest. Oh, good for you. And I, as you can tell from my tan, I was in Aruba for the Soul Beach. I haven't been there since 2000 and I think eight or nine when I was with Jamie Foxx on the, the radio show. And it was really, really nice. And Who, uh, who performed on that, Claudia? Um, Mary J. I missed her though. Um, uh, Mike Epps. And let me tell you, new, uh, Ari Lennox. Oh, nice. She's amazing. And new edition was so good. Good. Oh my God. They were so good. I got to talk to Bobby Brown. 
Okay. He's going to come on Fox. So I got to talk to his wife and I actually asked him about the drama with his sister. Remember we reported on it. Right, 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 right. right. How do you feel about your sister putting stuff out there? And he said, she's something's wrong with her. And you know, like it hurts him that he's got to deal with this, you know, and um, kind of felt like she's not really in a good place. Well, send the wife over to Queens and then send Bobby over here to us. <laughs> All right, I'm talking to his lawyer. His lawyer, we have the same lawyer, Chris Brown, who uh, stays winning cases. So we will see what we can work out. All right, y'all. Uh, good to catch up with everybody. What's everybody sipping on tonight? I got an old nasty vodka and crayon, honey. You know, I went to Vegas and fell off the wagon. So <laughs> I got me old vodka and crayon. Fell off. Al, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what you drinking? I just sell to water tonight. Oh. Are you okay? Yeah, I just didn't have time to get anything. That's why I was oh, running late. Nice. I was pushed up. Didn't get to stop and pick up anything, but... Okay. We got funky, so... <laughs> I'm drinking a wine cooler and a fancy glass. Is that ghetto? Yes, but that's all right. Okay, good. <laughs> all right, y'all. Let's get into it. We're kicking off uh, Pride Month all month long. And we're celebrating our soulmates who are members of the LBGTQ plus community and the allies who support them. Now, fellas, I want to ask you both, what does Pride Month mean to you and why is this month so important to the LBGTQ plus community? What is that? What's going on? It means a whole bunch of parties and a whole bunch of good sex with a whole bunch of out-of-towners. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Al, uh, what's it mean to you? Uh, you know, I, I think it has a lot to do with, with, you know, feeling prideful, um, living and walking in your truth without shame, um, celebrating who your real self is and, and, and enjoying who you really are and, and around like people, um, I think it's kind of what it means to me. And enjoying the out of towners. Funky, I remember a few months back you said you wanted to be a wife. Are you still? It's about the, it's summertime now. Is it you gonna put that out to fall or is that is that still on the table? It's still on the table. I'm still looking, but until I find, you know. <laughs> okay. All right, soulmates, show your pride by dropping a rainbow emoji in the chat and show your love and your support for Pride Month. All right, with that being said, let's get into the hot topics. Now, in messy news, you know we had to get into this. Over the weekend, Monique performed at the Comedy Explosion in Detroit, and she didn't hold back her frustrations towards D.L. Hughley regarding the dispute about who of the two was the, you know, be the headliner. Take a look. The headliner. That's what contract says. Monique is to be the last person on the stage. Monique claimed that there was a contract in place that listed her as the headliner, which she posted on social media. Now, after a lot of people on social media took Monique's side, D.L. Hughley posted a photo of his, well, his actual deal memo uh, showing that he was the actual headliner for the show and wrote comments about his regrets for agreeing to work with Monique despite his better judgment. However, Monique also posted her contract stating the following. Purchaser hereby engages talent to perform one 30-minute to 45-minute concert show engagement. Talent shall be the headliner of the show and the closing talent for the show. Um, what do y'all think about this, dispute? Is this a good or bad look for Monique? Al, let's start with you. And I know, Q, you made a video about this, so I know you have a lot to say. Al, what do you think about this? 
So, you know, I feel like Monique 110% has a right to feel the way she feels. Um, and, you know, black women do get played in these situations and, you know, black women are marginalized in entertainment. So we can't ignore the fact that that particular argument of how she feels is okay. However, however, and it's a big however here for me, this was not the time and it was not the place. And and the reason why I say that is because I want to understand where all her frustration comes from. And I can respect that. And I want Moni to win, but it it's just does not come, in my opinion, like this. I don't think that this was appropriate for her to take this out on the stage. People came there for a comedy show. I don't feel like it was appropriate for her to drag his wife into this um, this this horrible conversation and then for her to insinuate that you know DL was on the DL I just felt like how she handled the complete uh issue was just handled wrong and I and I just it really it really is a tough thing for me because I like them both and like I said uh Monique is just coming back she's just getting her opportunity to breathe again on the stages where she belongs and then this happens and it just doesn't feel right it feels very unprofessional to me okay all right all right good comments uh Q what do you think so you know the, the first thing I want to point out is because we are on a pseudo LGBT plus platform you know the internalized homophobia right the first minute somebody gets mad they want to holler about you know, you gay or you on a DL and want to use that as a slur. That pissed me off. I'm a member of the gay community. It's going to piss me off. Outside of that, Monique, this to me feels as if there was some type of discrepancy with the promoter. It honestly feels as if the promoter had made both of them the same promises. Monique did furnish a contract that was between her and the promoter. DL, on the other hand, furnished a deal memo, which is not necessarily legally binding. It's a synopsis of what your contract would look like. But it looks as if the promoter told both of them the same thing. However, the only reason why I'm leaning slightly towards DL is because I'll talk about my contracts. When I get booked for jobs, and Claudia, you know this, before they can put out any marketing materials, it's always in my contract that my team and I have to sign off on any marketing materials before you can go live. The marketing materials that I saw in reference to this concert had DL in the big picture and had Monique kind of in the back. That to me suggests that DL is the main attraction and you are the sidekick. Additionally, DL pointed out on the ticket, he had top billing and her name was smaller. Every, con every concert that I have gone to, if it's a Destiny's Child concert featuring T-Pain, Destiny's child name was large and T-Pain's name wasn't small. Now, based on Monique's contract, I feel that she is valid to feel what it is she is feeling if that's the understanding and arrangement she had with the promoter. However, the way she handled it was absolutely wrong. The homophobic slurs was wrong. Bringing the wife, the children, the dog into it was wrong. Bringing it on the stage was wrong. People did not come for that. In addition to that, this does not help your case. You barely just got one foot back in Hollywood and now you've been back for five seconds after 50 Cent gives you this BMF role and now you're going back to this bitchy, angry black woman character that people have known you for with the Lee Daniels Oprah thing 
for the last 10 years. And I'm sorry, it's starting to look like you are the problem. I, I, I hear everything you're saying. I think you both make good points. Yes, this stuff does happen to Black women a lot, but I agree with you. The marketing material is where I feel like she definitely uh, is going to have a tough time proving her case because if I'm headlining, if I'm starring, my name's going to be first. That's And that's the material that was released. And it does look like he's the headliner. Dale Hughley has 2.4 million followers on Instagram. She has 1.2. She does have the Oscar, but he's been more current as far as touring. Um, I, uh, I just feel, I get her anger. I really get her frustration. I hate being misunderstood. And I, and I know that, but he's not the person you should be mad at Monique. Monique, you know, I want you to win, but it, it's not DL. It's not DL. It's the person that's playing y'all both. Oh, it's the person that's playing y'all. It is not DL's fault. Imagine if we're all booked with something and we find out later we're, we get all different three different rates. But it, and, and the person is telling me, each of us, you're the star, you're the star, you're the star. And we mad at each other. Right. It has nothing to do with us. Yeah. It's the person putting it together that's paying us. So yeah. we have comments. Uh, Sean Pug says both DL and Monique are being petty and immature. They should have handled this drama privately. I agree. Crystal K says Monique was mad with the wrong person. I agree. And RD says, I understand what she did, but I don't agree with the way she did it. Yes, the homophobic slur, Monique, that wasn't a good move, especially with all the love you get from the community. You did a, had a huge interview with, with T.S. Madison that people were like, like, taking your side and i just thought that was a big mistake and no no, no no let's do one better you had a huge interview with t.s madison somebody who's part of the lgbt community that got your ass back in good graces with lee daniels that's true. okay so it goes to show and i always say this y'all finna get mad to the gay boys you have to look out for fish fish don't always be your friend okay and that's a prime example because if you was an ally the way you say you is, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have did that. What I do think is, I've been seeing some comments in the, in the chat. Honey Molasses says, DL been trashing her for a while. I'm surprised she did it with them. DL's phony to me. I do think there was some beef between them. And maybe she already was on edge with him. Like any little thing was going to tick her off. If that's the case, I don't think they should have ever been on the same stage or agreed to do a show together. I heard that there was a, I didn't get a chance to see it as I was prepping for the show. People in my social media said she recently did a live where she said she had already had some grievances with him that mm -hmm. she was going to air out on the stage. So there's definitely some back history. I also heard some scatterbutt about some interviews that they had did where she was asked some inappropriate questions about her husband. So she already went into this yeah. on the defensive and a little upset, but it's unprofessional. And if I was somebody who had to be responsible for hiring her, my biggest fear would be the minute something fell apart, she was going to run to the public and create, you know, mess. The sad stop hiding your mess. I didn't mean to cut you off, Claudia. Y'all, women, I love the support Black woman movement, but y'all got to stop disguising y'all BS and y'all personal drama and y'all personal issues behind this protect black women stuff. This is not a protect black woman issue. This is a Monique has an attitude problem. I don't think we should ever just blanket protect anybody. I think people that deserve to be protected get protected. There's bad black women, there's bad black men, there's bad white women, there's bad white men. 
You, I, I think that's a huge, I mean, y'all could be mad at me if you want to. I don't give a damn. I go by character. I don't think anyone should get the blanket. Believe all women. Really, there's not female liars. Believe all men. There's not male. Like, that's so ridiculous to me and a huge mistake. It's a huge mistake. And uh, I, I just feel like, Monique, even if you have, like, all the right to say what you said in your grievances with DL, because of the narrative that's been out about you and we're trying to fight to get you back in, it doesn't hurt help your case, even if you're right. Yep. It's like a lose-lose situation, unfortunately, and I, I hate that for her. I really do, because I really do want to see her win. I agree. Right, so, great conversation, and uh, when y'all get a chance, go to um, uh, Funky Naive's page and check out his video he did on the homeowning thing. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with more TGIF after this. Welcome back to TGIF. Soulmates in the comments, let us know what you feel about the Monique situation. Who do you think was right? Who do you think was wrong? Hit me with Team Monique or Team DL, and uh, maybe we'll count them up at the end. All right, uh, let's get into this. Transgender swimmer Leah Thomas spoke about the backlash she received after she beat two female Olympic medalists. Now, Thomas cleared up the misconception that she transitions, transitions so she would have an advantage. She said, I transitioned to be, damn, am I, I can't say the word today. I transitioned to be happy, to be true to myself. The biggest change for me is that I'm happy. In sophomore year, where I had my best times competing with men, I was miserable. What are your thoughts on what Leah said? Uh, Al, what do you think about this story? You know, I, I, I get what Leah is saying. I, I feel like what I'm learning about the transgender community is as you identify, um, you know, Feeling, I mean, I feel like it's important as you to understand how you identify. So I totally get that. Um, this is what I don't get, though. Um, why did you accept a four-year men's swimming scholarship to UPenn if you knew that you always felt like a woman and you knew that you were going to uh, to transition? That's my first question. My second question is, don't you think it's just as a human being or as an athlete being on a male team one year and then 12 months later being on a female team is just unfair? Like as an athlete, as a, as a collegiate athlete, wouldn't you think that that just doesn't seem right? I mean, you know, I'm just trying to break it down to the basics here. So in my mind, the only way that I think that we should solve this in a fair way is that we got to figure out how to create some type of transport uh, academy or some type of transport league so that everyone feels equal when they get in the water or on the basketball field or on the track field. I, I, this Leo Thomas irritates the hell out of me. I wonder if Leo, uh, as when, when Leo was identifying as a man, was a better swimmer and was top five, would she have done this? I, it just seems so suspicious to me. He was ranked 482 one year. You come back as a female swimmer, you whooping everybody's butt. I don't know. I don't want to say she just transitioned for this. I don't want to say that. But I don't think that this is not a good situation to me. I, I, I really, I, as a female collegiate athlete, I would be devastated. I would be devastated to, right. to have to compete against someone who just transitioned within the last few months, who's on a male scholarship. This isn't someone that grew up that did this years in advance and they've been working on this. This is someone that, oh, let me let me compete. Oh, I'm almost 500 place. Let me go ahead and switch up. That's what it's giving me. I hate to um, be mad. I don't like it. Q, what you think about this story? I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get canceled. 
So as somebody who once upon a time struggled with their sexuality, somebody who was once in the closet, somebody who had to go through years of figuring out who I was from a, a, an identity perspective, I am going to go out on a limb and extend some grace and say that I do not believe that she transitioned solely to win medals, right? Because the payoff is just not there considering the backlash that a person receives transitioning from the greater world. The payoff just isn't there worth some damn collegiate medals, okay? Period, hard stop. However, I also agree that it is messed up and it is not fair that last semester you were a man and now this semester you are a woman and you are kicking ass. That is evidentiary of the fact that there is some type of competitive advantage that you still physically have. I completely understand that you want to be a part of the greater woman world. But like I have always said, and this is just not for trans people, this goes for black people, Asian people, white people, women, men. There are some things in this world we just can't have. And that's just really what it boils down to. It's unfair. It sucks. It's not right. But there are just some things you can't have. And this may be one of them. And, and that's the way of the world, isn't it? You know, yeah. there's a lot of things that we can't necessarily do because we just can't. And that's the way of the world. And it's not fair. There's a lot of things that are not fair. I wish I could identify as a 13-year-old so I can go compete against 13-year-olds now and whip all their asses, okay? And run 100 meters. I wish I could. Now, uh, there's a comment here I want to read from Baller K that said, thank you, Al. Even Caitlyn Jenner stated that after seven years of hormones, she still has a physical advantage over women. That's yeah. true. You know? I mean, the, the way that she is um, decimating the competition, yeah. you know? And I hope yeah. I'm not trivializing it by saying she transitioned just for the swimming, but it does look hella suspicious that you were there in a man scholarship and you transitioned and now you. And, and, and here's the thing for me, it would seem to me that you're not going to be a swimmer all your life, but you're going to be trans all your life if that's who you truly are. It would seem to me that you would lend your resources to the betterment of the, the overall view of trans people and leave the swim stuff alone. Because right now, you're actually making it very hard for people to process all of this trans stuff when they're already coming into it bigoted, ignorant, filled with bias and religion. You know what I'm saying? You're not making it easier for people to wrap their head around this, trying to have your cake and eat it too. So pick a struggle. We have a comment from Deontay that says, this, this is not a question of identity. This is biology. It's completely unfair for women's sports. Call Me Val says male bodies are built different. Regardless of what you identify or think in your mind, it isn't fair. I, I think you're absolutely right about a trans league. And I know that still will feel like to the trans community, I, I'm sure it's, you know, hey, this is part of, we want to be, we want to be with who we identify with. We are women. I understand that. But until we work out the, the physical advantages that there are still there, it, it really isn't fair. It's just like adults don't compete with, 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 um, with the kids. There's a strength advantage. There's a, bio, there's a, there's a difference. It, there is a difference. And, I, and, we, and you want to know what's funny? Because we keep 
coming to this argument, I have heard people say, you know, after a certain amount of times of hormones, you lose bone density, muscle mass, so on and so forth. I am at the point now where I actually am ready to have this conversation with a medical professional, like a, a try. I need Dr. Oz. I need, you know, that's who I want to have this conversation with so we can finally put a button on this issue. Is it after 15 years of hormone therapy, then they have the bone density and the strength of a woman? Will they always have the strength of a man? These are things that we need to know definitively. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right. We have a lot of comments. CJ, CSJ Chicago says, if she was black, they probably would have stopped her, pulled her awards and everything. Tanisha says, so does she still have the male scholarship? Al, do you know she still has the male scholarship? (laughs) <laughs> she can't be swimming with the ladies with a scholarship. <laughs> I don't think she would still have the men's scholarship, but that's how she got into the, that's how she got on the swim team. And obviously it was paying for her education. All right. Well, maybe we will get a doctor one day and we'll talk about it. I know a lot of people in the chat saying, y'all doing a lot of trans stories. Listen, this is trending and it's a big deal. Something, if we ignore it, we're not doing it we're doing a disservice. We have to talk about this and normalize these kind of conversations so we can get a better understanding. We're not, we're not, this is not to pick on them and the community. This is to have a better understanding and to talk about how we really feel. There's nothing wrong with talking about how we really feel about this. And also shut the hell up. This show leans LGBTQ plus. Okay. I mean, come it, on. It, it leans that way. <laughs> Hello. Exactly. Welcome back, Funky. <laughs> like, don't start that mess tonight. <laughs> All right. During the new episode of Red Table Talk, Jada Pinkett Smith briefly addressed the Oscar slap. Jada said, now about Oscar night, my deepest hope is that these two intelligent, capable men have an opportunity to heal, talk this out, and reconcile. The state of the world today, we need them both. And we all actually need one another more than ever. Um, until then, Will and I are continuing to do what we have done for the last 28 years, and that's keep figuring out this thing called life together. What are your thoughts on Jada's comments? Who wants to go first on this one? Um, it was a beautiful statement. I love the part about, I mean, especially when we start talking about the Black community, Black male leadership, Black excellence, and Black success. She was 100% right. We do need both of them. They're both extraordinary men. Um, but Heffa, you started this shit, this mess. <laughs> okay, excuse my French. You started this mess. So I don't know. Maybe it would have felt better coming from Gammy, the mama, and not you, Jada. Um, but I-, I can get down with the statement. Uh, what you think? Uh, I can't. I-, 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 I just can't. I just can't. I just can't. I just can't. I would prefer her not talk about it. Um, or talk about it in a real way, like talk about how you really are feeling about it. Talk about how you're really feeling about your husband's actions and your own actions. That's the only way I don't want anything else from the Smiths right now. That's not real, authentic and transparent. Other than that, I feel like you're trying to pull wool over my eyes like you've done for the last 25 plus years. Y'all gonna say I hate Jada. I don't hate Jada. I hate the situation. Um, 
I'm gonna need Jada from Set It Off. This new age crystals, and I'm a I'm an expert at life, and I'm a life coach to everybody else, and I have all this wisdom. It's not feeling authentic. It's feeling very fake. It's feeling very fake. It feels like you're gaslighting us. You sat there and laughed when Will did this, and it was. And it, it, we even went what two months, three months for something. And this is what you come with this bullshit ass statement. That's what it feels like to me. I'm sorry. I'm going by my gut, not my brain. It feels very fake. And very curated, like your show, and this stance you take on everything. Oh, healing and this and that and the third. We're going to Egypt. We're going to bathe in these waters. Girl, bye. You, <laughs> you I wish you'd have been more accountable and said, you know what? I wish I'd have done more that night. And, right. And, or, or, or get off my husband. I had a part in this. Or, you know what? Just talk about how hurt you are about the alopecia. Just something. This feels so effing fake, and I hate it. I hate it. And no, she did not make Will slap Chris. He did it on his own. So I'm not going to blame her for it. But you laughed when he did it. And now it's all about healing and Zen. You know what? If my man was out of pocket that night, I would have been, I would have been laughing. I'm like, yo, chill. What are you doing? You're about to get the Oscar. It was crazy. I, 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 I the statement is just. And and and, and kept this statement. We keep us waiting this long for that bullshit. And, and and let's just add one thing to this. She didn't physically make him do it. She did not physically make him do it. But just like people have Stockholm syndrome and people can be brainwashed, she definitely catered to the emotional and mental mind state that that man was in that led him to do that. So she, I'm not blaming a black woman. She didn't physically make him do it, but she had a hand in the state of mind that he was in that led him to do that. Right, because she knows all the things that we don't know about his trauma. She knows all the things about him feeling guilty about not protecting his mom and all these things. And I'm going to not just let Jada be out there on her own, okay, before you'll come for me. Will, you need to say something. You should say something too. Don't let your wife be out there the only one taking the heat. You're the one that committed the assault. You should actually say something as well. Because we've been rocking with you for a long time. I think I, I'm with you, Al. I don't want to hear nothing from neither one of them for a long time unless it's some real talk from Philly, Baltimore talk. Go back to your roots before this fake Hollywood, English accent, British accent. Perhaps we'll have healing. No, go back and give us some real dialogue because this feels hella fake. And I'm over it. All right, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. <laughs> I'm gonna get cussed out. I already know. We'll be right back. <laughs> Two minutes. We'll be right back. Welcome back to TGIF Soulmates. I see you in the chats. I see some of y'all rocking with it. Some some of y'all ain't. And that's cool. That's why we have the chat to have our discussions and argue out our side. But guess what? We still gonna say what we say and stand by every single week, right, fellas? And y'all last, and y'all last year go tune in. So yes, will. Yes, will. Matter of fact, let me look at how many people in the chat right now. Ooh, 3,200. Okay. Thank you very much. We appreciate y'all. Okay. Let's get into this. Um, we got some news on, um, you know, in our, in our lighter brethren, uh, the jury reached a decision today in the defamation case brought by Johnny Depp against his ex-wife. Amber Amber Heard. Now, Depp was awarded $10 million in compensatory damages and $5 million in punitive damages. The jury also awarded Heard $2 million in compensatory damages. Depp initially sued Heard for $50 million after she wrote an op-ed for the Washington Post in 2018, in which she called herself a public figure representing domestic abuse. Heard countersued Depp for $100 million what do you think about the outcome of this trial? Al, what do you think about this? 
This is so interesting and it has like so many different layers. So, you know, they got married in 2015, but they got divorced, you know, a little bit over a year later in 2016 and she got a restraining order against him. So, you know, she claimed that he was physically and verbally abusive and it was due to alcohol and drugs. And, you know, they came to a conclusion that in 2017, he paid her $7 million to make it go away and to sign an NDA that she would never discuss the circumstances of that marriage again. I think where she found herself in very hot water was when she did the op-ed piece in 2018. And then that's when she shared again intimate details about being the subject of domestic abuse and I think that's when she opened the door for him to go after her because remember he lost jobs he had to walk off her job or he was laid off a job in london after the sun published a piece about their uh their violence in their relationship so i totally get it if she wasn't supposed to talk about it and she talked about it and it cost him you know getting roles and being you know blackballed uh, in Hollywood and getting roles because many people were standing with women and in, in against domestic violence. I think he has a right to sue her. Okay. Q, what do you think? Listen, I don't even know no people. I ain't never been around their house, but it is beyond obvious that they allegedly both indulged in drug, sex, and rock and roll and had a good time. That woman was on that stand and she allegedly did a bump of cocaine sitting at the doggone stand. Everybody saw it. Didn't even have enough decency to ask for a break and allegedly go to the bathroom and do her bump like normal people do. Mama was so stressed <laughs> out. Okay, she said... Let me, let me show y'all how she did it. <laughs> <laughs> Mama had it. You get ready to demonstrate your. Mama had it. Lord, here we go. We're never going to be on network television. Really? You're going to demonstrate a drug? Don't ask me how I know about this because I just heard about it. But well, you're a method actor. Mama had Mama had. Mama had that tissue, and Mama had did like this. And she did that tissue like this in that court. Now, here was the thing that pissed me off about the whole situation. I forgot the number, and don't quote me on it. But as a result of what she did, Johnny Depp lost that next installment of Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. And it was a huge number. Don't quote me, but I want to say it was somewhere in the ballpark of $50 million. I'd be ready to turn her ass every which way except loose if I've been on that franchise for that long and lost that money. And now Disney is trying to revamp Pir Pirates of the Caribbean with Margot Robbie, am I saying her name right? So now we're going to potentially have a female pirate of the Caribbean, which I don't know how that's going to work. I'm not even interested in seeing it if it's not Johnny Depp. Mm -hmm. I hate that this played out this way, um, but I'm glad that Johnny did get something, but I still don't feel like he got enough. I feel like he should have got what he lost from Pirates of the Caribbean, and they also had his agent speak in the trial with the signed contract saying that this deal was signed, sealed, and delivered, and it was canceled because of what she did, running his things. Have y'all seen there's a petition online to get Amber off of uh, Aquaman, Aquaman 2, whatever, and there's over 4.4 million people who have signed on. Like, people hate her now. Yeah. Mm. I mean, and, and to be honest with you, I've never watched Aquaman. I don't know what movie she played in. But I'm kind of on the hate train, too, because I'm a Pirates of the Caribbean fan. 
And I want to see Johnny Depp. I don't want to see nobody else in that role. I think Margo, Marlo, Margo Harvey, you know, she may do a good job. She may not. But I want Johnny Depp. And she messed that up for me. I think they both put hands on it. It seemed like they were just a, like an abusive, toxic relationship. And they, they both have stories. I think she seemed, she came off to me as more of a liar on the stand. And I, I don't know if she was doing coke on that stand allegedly. Or some people also speculated that she uh, there was uh, some chemical that you sniffed to help you cry. Because like the acting she was doing, like it was giving, it was giving um, C, B, no, C and D movie. Whatever she did, she stuck something up her nose. She did. That. And that ain't and that ain't no that ain't no allegedly. We saw it. You yeah. put your finger under that napkin and you inhaled something in your nose. Yeah. You did. But isn't that so arrogant and narcissistic? It is. You can it do is. that. It is because all you had to do was tell the judge you needed to pee and go do your drugs in the bathroom like everybody else do. <laughs> But that was six weeks, almost seven weeks of them dragging every little dirty detail of their relationship, including her crapping in the bed. And the sad part about it is, here's the unfortunate thing about it. No one won, right? Because at Johnny Depp's career level and wealth level, that little 15 ain't going to swing his bank left nor right, all right? It, it, it's not a win. He's not going to go out and get an extra big house now, an extra big car. It's not going to swing his bank left or right. But that 50 something he would have got from Pirates of the Caribbean, that would have put a dent in something. Yeah, it's, it's, it was a mess. You know what was kind of annoying to me? That trial lasted longer than a lot of these other trials for when, they, when, 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 when we get murdered by the police. Yep. That that trial was a very long trial for, for that, yeah. for defamation, right? Al, don't you think that's unusually long? You yeah. know, that was actually 15 minutes down the road <laughs> from where I live right now. I don't know. I think it started in April, and I think it ended June 1st. I don't think it was, well, maybe so, right, Claudia? That, April that, 25th to June 1st. What's that? April to May. So about 30 days. Does that come out of taxpayer dollars? 20 days, 22, 23 days. Does that come out of taxpayer dollars? I would assume it does. They had a jury, so. I mean, I saw some of the news that was like week six. I was like, for this? For rich people problems. For a mofo to get awarded 15 million and another one to get 2 million. And now, and they ride here cutting SNAP benefits for pe- people can't even eat. The kids ain't got no books. Scared row. Uh, we got hurricanes about to come tear the whole Miami up. Old people ain't even got no shutters, okay? Can't get no <laughs> COVID vaccines. They canceling the Obamacare. Rent through the damn roof. It's the chicken one. wing shortage. And y'all around here spending the taxpayer dollars to award a mofo 15 and another one too. Make I'm going to go out on a limb. I would let someone crap in my bed for 50 million. You can do it for two. Is that, bad? is that bad? I want to know a funny. <laughs> no, please. No. <laughs> hey, for YouTube. I'll right. save it for another day. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick commercial break. Congratulations, Johnny, Johnny Depp and um, Amber Turd on your, your, your awards and wasting our time. Y'all could have kept that amongst yourselves. Y'all nasty. Anyways, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. We have more stories and more tea when we come back. Well, a lot of people in the chat saying how much they would take for someone to go in their bed. Oh, Q, someone must be watching your live. They said one of, C says one of uh, Q's gentleman callers actually 
use your bed for something, but we won't go oh, into they, it. They, they, they knew the story. <laughs> Shouts out to the funky ones that stay in my business. <laughs> oh, and please go to his page and watch his legs, hips, body video. Oh, Love y'all it. didn't know that, honey. Yes, I'm part of the viral sensation of uh, uh, Candy's legs, hips, and body. We did that in the play, A Mother's Love. That song was written about uh, eight, nine years ago. And I actually rapped the last verse and uh, I had to get in on the action. So y'all go check out my legs, my hips, and my body. (laughs) And if you haven't seen it, it is a sight to be seen. Mm. So please head on over right when the show goes off and you can see him winding his and his little Versace draws. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Let's get into this uh, political story. Charles Booker is the first Black man from the state of Kentucky to receive a Democratic nomination for U.S. Senate. And he's making a bold statement about lynching laws in his first campaign ad. And he criticized his opponent, Rand Paul. Take a look. The person who single-handedly blocked an anti-lynching act from being federal law. The choice couldn't be clearer. Uh, so Charles Booker, I actually support him on on social media. Like I I reach out to the campaign. Like I'm look I'm trying to help all the black uh, candidates out here that are Democrats actually. And uh, what are your thoughts? This is really a dramatic campaign ad that really gets your attention. But his opponent is against the one senator that was against the anti lynching bill. How could you, Al? What do you think about this? You know. Uh, mm. Too far or effective? Yeah, I, mm, mm, that's a little too sensational for me. But I'm gonna pass this one to Funky and you. I, I'm gonna let you guys handle this one. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna mm. tell you something about damn time the Democrats grew some damn balls. I'm here for all of it. Donald Trump ushered in this this fear mongering way of politics where he takes the most drastic, you know, oh, they're doing abortions at 40 months and da da da, and he scares the S-H-I-T out of these people with this imagery and the Democrats too busy sitting back trying to be classy based and oh, we want to be classy and professional. It is time we start playing the same damn game that they are playing with the imagery. So yes, I am glad he put his left foot in the game Fear monger, fear monger, give us imagery. I want to see bodies hanging. Show them what it was. Show them what anti-lynching looks like. I need to see nooses hanging from trees. I need to see bodies being pulled from behind cars. It is time the Democrats start playing the same damn game. I am with you on that because, you know, we have been playing. I think the Democrats play way too nice, way too fair, way too politically correct. Well, we can't do that. We have to take the upper road. Why? Those, those days are over. Obama was the last person that had the luxury to take the upper road. And after that, it was game on. It got filthy, dirty, nasty after yes. that. The way Donald yes. was coming at Hillary and how gross it got. It was a, it's a different political atmosphere now. It's a different political strategy, uh, 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 map. It's totally different now. And if I'm a black man in Kentucky going up against Rand Paul, who voted against the lone center that voted against the yep. anti-lynching bill in 2022. Yep. Oh, yes. You're going to yep. get all so, the you know, Hold on. I, I, I got to jump in here. I, I, Kentucky. Is this where this happened in Kentucky? Mm-hmm. So what's the, what's the voting base? Who's voting in Kentucky? 
who's voting in Kentucky? Who's going to put him in the office? I, I just don't see putting that noose on his neck did not make me feel like I was going to go out and vote for him. Enough it, of us. It, if he, if it, he didn't pull, it didn't push me to say, oh, okay, so I'm going to go vote for him because this is what the other guy's doing. I, 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 it, it, I, it, I don't know. It might, it might not have done that for you because you are an educated black man, but the way that Trump and those Republicans appeal to the ignorant and the emotional side of people, it's going to pull that non-educated voter that votes solely based on emotion, the way they're doing with the- So it's going to pull the non-educated black voter? Possibly. Black voter? Listen, is it going to pull the black voter out? Because I don't know that that's going to so. pull I, I think a non-educated white voter out to go vote for a black man. I don't well, care well, about White that. people that are racist are not going to vote for this no, guy anyway. anyways. Yeah. Yeah. But with, with, the amount, with the amount of voter apathy that is going on in the black community right now, if we can't get them with facts, get them with emotion. Any means necessary. I will say this. A lot of people think that a lot of these Southern mm -hmm. states are a lost cause. These red states are a lost cause because, you know, they've always they've always had their way. They've always won. But, you know, if you look into it, a lot of these Southern states have a very huge black uh, population. The state of Mississippi has the highest percentage of black. I believe it's 40 percent. Right. They should be mm -hmm. running away with all the elections. But we don't have enough, you know, boots on the ground, voter registration. And sometimes maybe we need something like this that's going to get people riled up and piss the F off. Oh. Get out there. And, and I hear you, Al, like it's not, it's never going to change the mm. mind of, of those right wing racist people that are stuck in them. Th that wasn't for them. Those are for the people that are in the middle yeah. or like, yeah. I kind of want to do the right thing. It ain't for those ones yeah. on that side. Cause then I just feel like in the state of Kentucky and now my brother lives in Kentucky in the state of Kentucky, the African-American population is 8%. So if you're rowing up the black people to go vote, okay, great, I totally get it, but you're gonna need some white people in that state to vote for you. And I'm not sure that putting a noose on your neck is gonna encourage them to go vote for you. That's all I'm saying. Well, we gotta wait for his second round of commercials, okay? And, 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 it, was, <laughs> and it was some freedom rider white folks and you know what? And, and and also, too, guess what? We're having this conversation now on this national platform. So he, he may not win Kentucky, but you know what? As a result of that, we might get Texas, Florida, Louisiana, Alabama, or somewhere else. I am all for the imagery and the emotional appeal because that's what they, that's the game they're playing on that side. And it's time we start playing the same damn game. I, I will say I... I we're never going to win an election if we just go for black people. And that's definitely, I, I hear your point out with that. But the youth of America now are really not as, I mean, of course there are still some racist youth out there, but a lot of them aren't really for that. You know what I mean? A lot of them are like, uh, they're, they're not their, their parents. And, and I think it will resonate with some people that don't want to be associated with a man that's against the anti-lynching bill. You know, I, 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 I still have some kind of faith. And some of these white folks down there, I, I don't think they're all bad. I don't think they're all racist. I think we're at about 30%, maybe 40. Uh, but I, I don't think it's the majority. I don't think it's everybody. I don't. I can't. Maybe, maybe, maybe the messaging. Maybe the messaging. Got to hit that last break. All right. Quick commercial break. And we'll be back. We're going to talk all about this and a whole lot more when we come back. We'll be right back. 
Hey guys, soulmates, welcome back to TGIF. I think we have a hot show. You're getting a little bit of everything tonight. So if you are loving the show, give us some flames, give us some rainbows because it's Pride Month. Give us some sheep because we're going to talk about a sheep later on that was found guilty of a crime. Give us something in the chat and we can uh, we can uh, read those some of those comments. All right, y'all, let's get into this. 70-year-old Virginia Morrison is worried that God may not forgive her for fatally shooting a home intruder that broke into her home. Morrison was relaxing at home with her husband when the intruder broke in. She initially tried to fight the intruder off with a broom, but when that failed, she grabbed her gun and shot the intruder in the chest, killing him. Take a look at what else Morrison said. I didn't know what he was going to do, but I knew I was going to protect myself. I'm a fighter. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to defend myself. All right, Virginia, what you think about this story, Al? What you think about her busting cats in the chat? <laughs> well, first of all, I feel like it's a planet story. I mean, with all these mass shootings going on, here all of a sudden we get a story where a gun carrier, a woman that we're going to sympathize with, um, shoots and kills somebody. I, 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 mm, and it gets natural national coverage. It's something about this story didn't sound right. He came in, she tried to beat him with a broom. He walked out and through the house, went in the backyard, came back, she shot over his head, and then he kept coming towards her and she shot him. This story just doesn't sit well with me because I feel like this is the right wing trying to you know, placate with our emotions and plant stories to make us feel comfortable with gun holders. And they made it an old woman so that we would feel comfortable that she had a gun and was protecting herself. I didn't like it. I think that's an excellent point. I, I totally agree with you. And um, they, they've been saying guns don't kill people. It's mental illness. It, you know, all these things that they're saying to defend the whole they want to blame everything but the guns in this country. Q, what do you think about this? You know, Al, you are so smart. And that is why I love us as a trio, because the diversity of opinions that we got, because my mind did not go there at all. I was I was ready to tell Miss Virginia it was going to be your ass or his <laughs> shoot on Miss Virginia and God will repent. But you know what? Now that you have given me the Olivia Pope scandal situation, it's definitely <laughs> got me scratching my head saying, hmm, especially coming off the heels, because see now the NRA has mm -hmm. got to. When you shoot up children. There there's no public relations to fix that when you don't shot at these kids. So you're right, Al. I'm going to start paying attention now. I think we're about to get some more Miss Virginia stories, and we're about to get some poor, defenseless white girl walking down the street in New York, and somebody tried to mug her, and she shot him. We're about to get a lot of those. We, we got a comment from Nat that said this happened before the mass shootings. So maybe the coverage, you know, maybe they'll be okay. digging through. But there was another shooting today in Tulsa, Oklahoma today. And um, we, we'll, we'll talk more about that on Friday. Okay, now before we go, you won't believe this last story. A sheep in South Sudan in Africa was found guilty and sentenced to three years in jail for killing a woman. Now the sheep was taken um, into custody after repeatedly headbutting the woman, which resulted in her death. As punishment, the sheep will spend the next three years in a military camp. The owner of the sheep must, must pay the victim's family five cows as compensation. What do you think about this story? Why don't they just take the sheep to the slaughterhouse, cut the meat, sell the wool? I mean, the sheep, the sheep don't know whether it's in the penitentiary, whether it's in the sanctuary, or whether it's in the backyard. 
They really had a trial for sheep. They need to stop. All right, y'all. I want to thank my fantastic co-host, Al Reynolds and Funky Dineva for joining me tonight. And thanks for watching us on YouTube. Stay tuned for Lisa Evers' Crime and Hip Hop. And stick around right after that is the premiere of Tracks and Tales with Lobby Boys. We got a lot going on Fox, so we'll see y'all back on Friday. Y'all have a good one. Bye, y'all. Go to Funky's page. Look at them uh-huh. Have them a good night, soulmates. See y'all later, soulmates. Bye.